Welcome to another episode here at the Midnight Founders Podcast. We're so excited to be with you today. This is AJ Rounds from Rev Road and Jake McCarg from CB Vault. Here at the Midnight Founders Podcast, we focus on telling behind the scenes stories for what makes a successful entrepreneur. We're excited for another week. Here we go. Today we're excited to be here, Jake and I, uh, Midnight Founders Podcast, another week in studio. And today we're with June Bay with Halo. And uh, we're super excited to have you here, June. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for having me. Super excited. Yeah, this is cool. Um, and uh, June, we met probably three or four years ago when you were pitching at RevRoad to become a RevRoad portfolio company. And uh, everything turned out great. And now you are one of them and uh, looking to scale and grow. And um, tell us what you do at Hollow. June. Give us your 30 yeah. second pitch. Yeah, for sure. So Hollow is an on-demand language learning platform for speaking. So you press a button, get connected with a native speaker in three seconds and start practicing. Um, so we're connecting language learners with native speakers in real time so that, you know, you can practice on the way home, on the way to work, uh, whenever you want to improve your speaking skills. Uh, so, you know, because of my know background as an immigrant like i understand the challenges of learning a new language and um that's kind of what got me started um working on hollow but yeah uh it's been it's been great we currently have um hundreds of thousands of people using our product each month and we're growing organically so super excited to uh, make uh, more languages available on hollow and help other language learners on hollow as well so so English is a second language for you, mm -hmm. um, and that kind of maybe was the start of this. Mm -hmm. But how did you, I mean, did you know that you wanted to do something with language very early on, or what? Yeah, was this no, your plan? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I was definitely passionate about language learning. So growing up, I always wanted to start my own business, thanks to my dad. Uh, who, he's, he's an entrepreneur, and I was always watching him working really hard, starting new businesses growing up. So I had that deep desire um, when I was young. And, and this was back in South Korea? Back in Korea, right? yeah. So that's when I was in Korea. And uh, I moved here to Utah about 15 years ago. And, um, you know, English is not my first language. So I struggled quite a bit because of the language barrier. But I'm a very competitive person by nature. So whatever I did, I always wanted to be number one. Um, so I really enjoyed playing computer games growing up. StarCraft is one of them. And I played soccer very competitively. And when I got here, I was like, ah, man, I want to be very good at what I do, whether it's school or, you know, getting good grades or playing soccer. Um, but I was really frustrated because of my poor English. Uh, I thought my English was fantastic when I was in Korea. My grammar was good. Reading skills were good. I was getting good grades. But it's, you know, when I moved here, I was like, man, I don't really know how to communicate and speak. Um, so that's when I really dedicated myself to learning English and improving as much as I could. Um, so that's when I kind of started my passion for language learning. Um, but I didn't really know what I was going to do with my own business uh, when I was in college and, and in high school and things like that. So what did you study in, in college? Yeah, so I went to BYU here in Utah and studied accounting, um, and uh, so I, I... Which is a language of its own. Yeah, the lang you know, the language of business. So true, right? so, <laughs> so true. Um, Universal. So that, yeah. yeah, so, you know, I wanted to, like, study entrepreneurship. Um, I had some advice from some of my friends that I respected, and they're like, hey, Jun, like, 
you can study general topics when you get older or when you get an MBA, but when you're in college, I recommend you get something specific, um, something like accounting, engineering, or some specific skills that you can use. Um, and then later on, you can work on the general topics and areas of the world. Um, and you know, BYU is kind of known for the accounting program as well, so I thought might as well go for uh, the moon and get a good degree. And because I'm passionate about business, uh, might as well learn the language of business. And that's kind of how I decided to study accounting. So cool. I love that you said you're competitive. And I've yeah. seen that firsthand. So one of my favorite stories about June um, is that Rev Road, right? And um, two stories really quick. So the first one is when you were pitching, you're like, we are so bootstrapped and so scrappy that I only eat one time a day to save money <laughs> for the business. Yeah. So he was so excited to come in and have the all-you-can-eat cereal bar so you get two meals a day, right? Yeah, thanks to Rev Road. <laughs> so before Rev Road, I was literally eating once a day. Oh, and amazing. Yeah, thanks to, to you guys, I, I have been able to eat twice a day and sometimes so three times a day you know, nowadays. But yeah. I love it. And then So he raised his first fund a couple years ago, mm -hmm. and I heard my favorite story about June is what was one of the first things you bought after you did your first fundraise? It was a, a mattress and, and a, <laughs> yes. and a bed. Yes, yeah, he was so sleeping was on the floor. Yes. For a couple of years. June and that's what it takes to start the, a company. The and midnight founder embodied. The midnight founder. Yeah, I just got to totally. yep. gotta put yourself in pain and, <laughs> and, and you know, put, put, put you through, through that uh, journey. And then you know, as you work hard, I'm sure we'll be able to find success. Well, and, and that's just it, right? And and that was my my other story is, um, I don't know if I've seen very many people that are as hard of workers as you, June, because, um, you know, I would leave at night and, and oftentimes I'm one of the last ones to leave, but um, you would always be there. And some days I would come in the next morning and you were still there. And I'm like, did you even go home? Did you even sleep? Right. And um, that would happen a lot. So I, I know that you were heads down making things happen super focused and you would lead by example. You never asked anyone on your team to do anything you weren't already doing. And that was super impressive to me. Thank you. Yeah, I just believe in hard work. Um, I just know what it takes to be successful. Um, you know, working hard doesn't like, guarantee your success, but it definitely improves and increases the likelihood of, of you succeeding and finding um, more um, outcomes that you, you hope to get. So, yeah. Yeah, Very I also cool. think that, like, just your willingness to sacrifice, like, you know, AJ's story and the story about mm -hmm. buying a mattress, like, it just proves that you're willing to do what it takes. Mm hmm to like make your your business successful and what you know even if it's uncomfortable at the time and i think mm -hmm. a lot of times in entrepreneurship you just have to be willing to be uncomfortable yeah and uh and so i you know i applaud that in you obviously you have that skill and that ability um so yeah congratulations for yeah, that and, yeah. and i think you're you're an awesome example in in entrepreneurship in that regard yeah i'm just really personally passionate about this topic because uh, when I started Hollow, um, I was surrounding myself with other entrepreneurs, and a lot of them are saying that, "Hey, I just I, I have this amazing idea. I am very confident that I can build this billion-dollar company." And they work, for example, forty hours a week, maybe thirty-five hours a week, and um, they're just hoping to be able to build that company. Um, and that 
kind of frustrated me in a way that like, man, if you have a big dream and if you're telling people that you're going to achieve that dream, then you need to match your action with your word. And personally, that just frustrated me. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I just want to be a good example, live by my word and, and continue to put in the work and effort. Um, and at the end of the day, it's not because like I want to suffer and myself in that pain it's because i love what i do and i feel like i'm playing a game that's one of the reasons why i just continue to work and put in the time because i'm enjoying it so cool so it sounds like that's one of your methods to the madness right is enjoy what you do and uh, that'll bring on success eventually at some point so June also, um, I'm fortunate to know a little bit more about you personally. Mm -hmm. uh, you recently got married and had a little baby too. Yeah. Tell us about how that's kind of morphed into this life of an entrepreneur. Yeah, I've never been busier <laughs> before. Um, so I just had a baby whose name is Leah. Um, so she's our Rats. first baby. Thank you. So cool. uh, three months old and very, very cute. Um, so definitely it has affected my, my work life sure since I have more responsibilities and I have to take care of my family um, but it doesn't stop me from continuing to work and, and doing my best to become the best version of myself so um, you know as I get older and as Leah gets older I still want to be a good example and uh, still want to spend time with my family as much as I can um, so I'm trying to still learn and find that balance right now since I'm just getting started um, but it, it's definitely has been meaningful and, and fun to create a family. Cool. So you uh, you got your accounting degree, and I, you went back and worked for, was it Deloitte? Yeah. yeah. And, and then while you were there, mm -hmm. I, you were seeing other entrepreneurs probably helping those companies from the accounting standpoint. Mm -hmm. And then what was the experience that made you decide to, like, take that leap of faith and just start doing hollow? Yeah, so... Um, after graduating from BYU, I was debating, or before I before I graduated, you know, looking for a job, I was debating whether I, whether I should stay in Utah or go to maybe New York or San Francisco, other states um, of the country, and decided to go to the Bay Area because, you know, growing up, I was always passionate about companies, startups, starting a company. So I wanted to learn as much as I could. Um, so luckily, thanks to some of my friends, uh, I got introduced to Deloitte and I was able to have interviews, got, you know, I got the job and started working there for about one and a half years. Um, so my job was actually to have uh, interviews with VPs of engineering from big tech companies. And uh, I had some exciting clients like Uber, uh, LinkedIn and Amazon. And that's actually how I got the idea of Hollow. So I was listening to Uber engineers one day and um, something just clicked in my head where, man, what if I can connect language learners and native speakers in real time via video chat at the click of a button, just like Uber? Um, that would be amazing because as an immigrant, as I mentioned, the best way to learn a new language is by actually speaking and practicing and putting yourself out there instead of spending so much time you know, learning grammar, vocab, reading books. Um, so I wanted to provide that opportunity to other language learners. Um, so when I got that idea, um, interestingly, my sisters were also visiting um, the Bay Area. So we were actually going to L.A. from San Francisco all the way. 
or driving for five to, I think it was maybe five to seven hours. The whole time I was just talking about the idea of hollow. Um, and that's when I knew that I was like so excited about this idea that I was willing to leave everything behind and, and, and start my own company. And you did. And I <laughs> did. Yeah. And you know, it, it actually wasn't a hard decision for me to start a company. When I talked about it with my parents and with my family, they were actually very understanding and they were like, yeah, try it and see how it goes. Um, you know, and even in college, I was always talking with my friends about business ideas. And uh, one time I, I remember posting on Facebook and proclaiming that before I turn 30, I'm going to start my own business. Um, and it actually like happened. So I think looking back, I was always excited to start something, um, but I wasn't ready or maybe I didn't have an idea that I was passionate about. But when I faced this new opportunity, um, that's when I got super excited. And when I'm excited about something, I just go all in and just and, and do it. It could be one of my weaknesses, but I think it could be one of my strengths. So how long after you got the idea, did you quit uh, Deloitte and jump in with Wolfie? Um, so it happened fairly quick. I think the idea came uh, maybe like around December in 2016. And then my last day at Deloitte was Valentine's Day in 2017. <laughs> so I think within a few months, I was able to, uh, you know, decide to come back to Utah and, and start. And, you know, of course, that's a long time ago. And there's so many stories that I can share. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how, how long it took for me to jump on. So did you like have have a backup plan? I'm just thinking about that like leap. Mm -hmm. You were bootstrapping this at, at the time, I guess. Yeah. Um, so I'm the type of person who doesn't have a backup plan. I burning the boats, baby. Yeah, I'm, I'm burning the boats. <laughs> All in. No, oh, yeah. no plan B. You know, um, we've heard many variations of that on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, funny. the the beautiful part of it is that if it doesn't work out, it's okay. Like you can always go back to corporate America, or you can always start a new company. Um, but when you're in it, then like you better be all in and give all you've got. And, and even if it doesn't work out, it's okay. You know, you've learned a lot and that was kind of my mindset. Um, so yeah, I wasn't like afraid. I wasn't scared. I was just really excited to start. June, what were your thinking back on those days? You're just starting, right? Mm -hmm. What were your first steps? How did you get started and what did you do? Yeah, the first thing that I did was to come up with the company name. <laughs> so I was like, oh, man, I want to come up with a, a good name for the company. Um, so I had some, like, dumb, like, ridiculous company names as well. But um, I decided to come and go with this name, Hello, because of three reasons. First one is related to, um, like, self-explanatory like when when you say hello like you know people greet each other by saying hello in different countries so i wanted to have a name that people might understand what the company does by just hearing the name and then the second part was i wanted to keep it super simple um, i looked at all the other big tech companies uh, apple google samsung and they all had something in common which was they had two syllables in their names um, so i wanted to have a name that's Super short, simple with two syllables. Um, and then the third one was just my personal experience where 
when my family moved out to Utah, uh, we were speaking Korean to each other, but I wanted to speak English. Um, but it was awkward, so I, I used to say hello instead of hello to my family members. So when I got the name of the company, I was like, man, this is it. And I still feel very good, good about the name of the company. It just, I think it's beautiful. Very cool. That's a fun story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Uh, mm. That's cool. Well, what what are you working on now? I mean, now you're getting ready to, I mean, you've been doing this for five years, six years now, right? Yeah, I guess <laughs> it's been like four, five to six years, but we yeah. launched in 2019. So I, That's yeah, true. it's been about four years, but yeah, uh, right now we're focused on something exciting uh, related to AI, um, but we're also, you know, launching additional languages. So over the past three to four years, we've been super focused on helping English learners become fluent. And I think we have found product market fit with our business model. So what that means is we're not going to focus on changing the business model, changing the concept or product. We're going to focus on uh, improving the user experience and providing the best experience with the same product, with the same business model, and making that more available to additional languages. So we just launched Spanish um, about a couple a couple of weeks ago only, um, and then we're planning to launch additional languages by the end of the year, in like eight languages total. Um, so it's going to be English, Spanish, Portuguese, German, French, uh, Mandarin, Chinese, uh, Japanese and, and Korean. Those are some of the languages we would like to introduce. So when you get a, uh, I guess if you have a subscription and, and you're wanting to talk to somebody, you pay for a certain amount of time every week. Mm-hmm. Do you get the same person every time or it's just different people? Could you sign up for the same person? Yeah, absolutely. So we have um, one service, which is being able to practice with native speakers, yeah. but you can either practice with them on demand with the same people or different teachers anytime, or you can also book lessons with the same teachers. So the idea is, oh, I, I just want to practice with somebody and see who I get matched with. And you get matched with, for example, AJ, and let's say I had a great experience, then I can actually go to his profile and book lessons for the following weeks. Um, so the idea is we just want to make it so easy for you to be able to practice anytime. But if you want to have some structure and have schedules, you can certainly do that too. Yeah. I was trying to learn Spanish, or I still am. And like, uh, I, I've tried to set up like a, almost like a pen pal in Spanish that I can speak Spanish to. But like, they're not getting anything out of the deal. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so it's just never been something that's consistent. Like, I can't, I can't find somebody that's actually. So this is a perfect solution. Now you for can. That. Yeah. Yeah. I just need to join Hollow. It's a marketplace for, I mean, it's it's a practice arena for people to practice, but it's also a marketplace to find your mm-hmm. tutor of choice, mm-hmm. kind of, yeah, right? Yeah, ha- we have filters, so you can search for the right people based on their country, based on their the English levels, they you know, or the levels they focus on teaching. Um, so, you know, again, we provide on-demand lessons and also scheduled lessons, uh, and we make it so easy for you to be able to find the right people. So, yeah, if you want to find the teacher for Spanish, um, let me know, or can you just download the app and, and yeah. try that out and see how it goes? Yeah, heck yeah, because I, I like yeah. listen to podcasts, and still it's the same thing. Like, my vocabulary is really good, but I'm not talking back to the podcast, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm not getting good at that side of it, and having a native speaker that I can interact with, mm-hmm. I think is so valuable. It's yeah. the way that, you know, 
I learned Chinese mm-hmm. and it, you learn languages so much quicker that way. Um, just interacting. So you have to be almost immersed in it. Don't you to really yeah. get it? You can't yeah. Just so you, read books and, you know, try to, you know, make your way through it. You have to just immerse yourself. Yeah. You don't have to live in a different country. Like when I was, I mean, in 2008, I was carrying this electronic vocabulary device. I was like trying to find words. Oh, I, I don't know what that is in English. I was like looking it up, carrying this device, not, not a phone back then, but nowadays like you have a mobile phone. And yeah. right now there are like 90% of the world has, has a mobile phone, whether you're in Asia, Latin America, Africa, it doesn't matter. As long as you're older than 10 years old, you have a mobile phone. And a lot of people have the like, have access to the internet, um, so we're trying to leverage that access as much as we can and democratize language learning as much as we can, so that you don't have to be rich or you don't have to have a lot of money to be able to practice and speak, or you don't have to leave in America to be able to speak English. Um, so yeah, we're just trying to provide this opportunity as much as we can. So we actually have an, uh, a freemium feature that allows language learners to be able to practice with other students as well. Uh, that's why we have been able to grow organically. So the way it works is you come to Hello. If you just want to practice for free, you can practice with other students based on your level and interest learning the same language. So let's say I'm learning Spanish, you're learning Spanish. We're just getting matched and practicing with one another. But if you want to get some structure and feedback from an actual native speaker, you can pay and use our services. That's really cool. June, at one point, if I remember right, you started with English, number one, because it's you know a pretty mm-hmm. universal language. But number two, if I, and again, I may be remembering this wrong, but you started it to help a lot of the world that didn't know English as well learn it so that they could advance their careers or mm-hmm. get a level up because it's kind of the language of business as mm-hmm. well, right? Yeah. It, am I remembering that correctly? Absolutely. I mean, I am the the story of the, the customers that we're helping. I mean, if I didn't speak English, uh, I would not be here being able to have a conversation with you guys. And I would have not been able to start a company here in the U.S. Um, so I do believe that learning English is a passport to new opportunities. And it's definitely one of the biggest investments you can make in yourself if you're coming from a different country, in my opinion, um, where you're able to find opportunities internationally and you're able to nowadays work from anywhere. Um, So even if you're from Korea, you're able to get a job with a company in the U.S. Um, So I do think language learning is becoming more important. That's one of the reasons why the industry is growing by 30, you know, by uh, I think $20 billion over the next five years. Uh, that's partially because of globalization and access to the internet. And a lot of companies are also hiring international employees uh, because they hire now they hire offshore employees outside of the country. Um, so communication and English and learning new languages are only going to be more important, in my opinion. Very cool. So I know, uh, I think we talked yesterday a little bit about this, um, and you mentioned that you have made multiple pivots. Yeah. Uh, can you talk about that process as an entrepreneur and kind of like when you recognize that you needed to pivot or, um, maybe if you should have pivoted earlier, but just talk, like share, share some examples or, um, some stories about pivoting. 
Yeah, I would say um, if we didn't pivot or change our product and model quickly, we would have been dead multiple times, in my opinion. Um, so the first two products were, the first one was I just built a website and hired seven English teachers from BYU and started onboarding English learners through online. Um, but as you can tell, you know, scheduling and going to Zoom or different platforms to have a lesson, no differentiator. So we ditched that and we started interviewing lots of people on social media. And that's when we realized that there were so many, like literally over 50 million people on Facebook alone looking for opportunities to speak. So they were going to platforms like WhatsApp, Skype, or Messenger to practice with one another. They're posting something like, hey, I'm looking for a partner who's available. And they were going to those platforms to practice with one another. So we built a language learning app that looks just like WhatsApp, where people can message each other and call each other. Um, but with that product, we only had 500 users. So we just realized that it was not going to work out. Um, and we decided to go back to the root of the idea, which was the Uber for language learning. So when we launched this feature called Instamatch that connects people real time, that's when we started growing organically super quickly. Um, so that is kind of the foundation of the company. And we were then focused on finding as many customers from social media. So we're actually streaming on Facebook and other platforms. And we were finding so many new followers. So we were like, wow, live streaming is working for language learning. And I think we honestly got fooled by the algorithms because like live streaming was new to Facebook back then a few years ago. And they were just pushing it so much that we were getting a lot of engagement. So we're like, wow, this is working. Let's build it on our platform so people can practice and speak with one another in group conversations. Um, so we kind of got distracted. And instead of focusing on the original idea, which is the Uber for language learning, we now decided to target uh, group lessons, and focus on live streaming, and become the Twitch model for language learning. Um, so we literally spent so much time trying to catch two rabbits at the same time. We were having one-on-one -on -one conversations and group lessons, um, but we had way too many features, too many products, uh, multiple business models, and one of the most important lessons I've learned as an entrepreneur is to be able to focus. You gotta be able to say no to great ideas and just focus on one thing that you wanna be very good at and just be the best at it. Um, so it was actually very recent last year when we had to make this hard decision. And it's funny that you know, founders make much better decisions when their backs are against the wall. We're like, man, we're burning so much money. We have to be careful with our, our burn and runway. And we realized that uh, we wouldn't be able to make both of these products work within the time frame that we had. So we ended up deciding this really hard decision to kill one of the two products, which was live streaming. And it's been one of the best decisions for us in a way that we have one product, one business model, and we have one thing to focus on and we wanna be the best at it. And now we have a very clear vision. Before, because of the two products, even I was confused. Okay, what are we trying to build? Are we trying to focus on revenue or what are we trying to focus on retention? Um, so I think I made tons of mistakes 
uh, along with that. Um, but recently, uh, once we made that hard decision about a year ago, um, we just have been really focused on what we're building and things have been uh, improving a lot and, and working really well. Well done. It's been fun to kind of watch that, you know, progress and unfold, right? Um, June, one of, one of your other superpowers that I think will be really applicable to this audience is you have really mastered the art and the skill of building an audience. Because for a long time, you know, you weren't monetizing, you were just building the audience and, and you had a freemium model, right? How did you go about doing, uh, doing that, building such a large audience so quickly and then retaining them? Because mm -hmm. even today, we were talking earlier, you're around 2 million users or 2 million followers. Is mm -hmm. that right? Mm -hmm. How have you been able to do that? Yeah, um, I think it, we were lucky, you know, with it. There are 2 billion language learners learning new languages, and 1.5 billion English learners throughout the world. So first one is we just have a huge audience. And second part was we, you know, we did a lot of research. We tried different things and found where the audience was hanging out. And the most uh, relevant place for them was actually social media. Um, so we just noticed a pattern. Uh, for example, Facebook literally joined all English groups on Facebook. There are thousands of English learning groups on Facebook and over 50 million learners out there. Um, so we joined the right place and started noticing patterns where, okay, they're looking for partners, first of all, and they're also sharing what they're learning with one another and consuming a lot of content to be able to learn for free. Um, so I think we just did a really good job at finding where the audience is and what they're looking for, and then we just replicated it. So after we noticed it, we just started providing a lot of content and value to the audience we're targeting. Um, and yeah, we started growing very quickly on Facebook. I think right now we have definitely over a million followers on Facebook, and we just have been converting them to our paying customers and our users. So yeah, we have over 2 million users uh, with hundreds of thousands of monthly active students using our product. Well, and that's just scratching the surface, I'm sure, because it's just English right now. Um, yeah. Now Spanish, I mean, that's what, a month old? Mm -hmm. uh, so you've added Spanish now, and you've got plans to add all of these other languages, and I'm excited to hear at some point in the future what this AI piece is yeah. uh, that you're talking about. But um, yeah, you're just scratching the surface. I mean, that's just, that's awesome. Yeah, it's a huge market and, you know, uh, I'm very passionate about this. And there are so many other amazing companies in the language learning industry, um, but we're just very unique in a way that we're focused on speaking and helping them find opportunities to speak within seconds. That's the goal. So cool. cool. So um, I know you've raised money uh, and you're getting ready to do another round. Um, what advice do you have for founders that are, um, getting ready to do that mm -hmm. or thinking about funding their company uh, through, you know, private equity? Yeah, I would say uh, the first one is um, I've learned that you need to be in a very confident position for you to be able to raise money. So what we're trying to do right now is we're, we're trying to build a company hoping that we don't have to rely on investors, um, trying to find leverage as much as we can. So we're actually only one month away from break-even and profitability. So we want to hit that milestone first before I even start reaching out to investors. Uh, so that's the first 
um, I guess, milestone for us. And then the second part is I've realized that startups are all about timing and speed. So I'm always looking at what's out there because investors are not going to invest in you, especially VCs, if you don't have the potential to disrupt the market or something very innovative, very unique. Um, so when I went out there, um, maybe a couple a couple of years ago, maybe even last year, um, the feedback I was getting was, uh, okay, yeah, great, you're you're connecting people for language learning, um, but it's still like it's unique that it's on demand, but it's still not enough. Right. I mean, we've raised already uh, over two million dollars as a company, but I'm talking about taking the company to the next level. If you really want to raise you know, over ten million dollars and really get to like the unicorn status, um, I think you need to be e extraordinary. And I think the first thing is you have to be profitable if you can. Um, and you just have to have some exciting momentum and, and traction. Uh, at the end of the day, it comes down to numbers and um, how good your business is. So I am trying to really focus on the basics of the business right now. Before, I was just naively focused on the vision and, oh, I can go raise and, and do this with an idea. Um, but I've realized that comes down to the metrics and the numbers and, and the real business that you're building. Fantastic. Yeah. And, and, and June, like I was saying earlier, you've, you've learned all this so quickly, right? This is your first time really building your company. So this is fantastic. You've been able to learn and then incorporate these things into hollow right away. Well, um, we'll get into how people can contact you in just a second, but, um, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about on this podcast? Any, anything else we didn't cover that you've been thinking about? The floor is yours for just a, a second or two. Or five. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm just hoping that people would, you know, find their dreams and go for it. Um, I'm just surprised that a lot of people don't even have a dream. Um, so I think, you know, hopefully this podcast was a good time for them to think about what they want to do in their lives. And even if it's risky, um, who cares? It's, it's fun. And, you know, you can always go back to your normal life, um, even if you fail. Um, so I would love to just encourage everyone to try it out, have a leap of faith, and, and go for it. Um, if it works out, that's great. If it doesn't, that's okay. You've learned so much. Um, but it's been really, really fun for me to awesome. be able to work on my own uh, dream and, and startup. So. Build your own life the way you want to build it, right? Yeah. That's awesome. Where does the audience find you and Halo, and how do they download it and just give us all that information? Yeah, so you can type in Halo, H-A-L-L-O, on the Google Play Store or App Store. You can also come visit our website, halo.tv, uh, if you want to learn English or practice Spanish. Again, we're launching additional languages by the end of the year, so I uh, really hope that we can help all language learners become fluent someday. Very good. And if they want to connect with you, you're on LinkedIn. And yeah, I'm on LinkedIn, Junbei. Um, I'm the only person whose name is, I think, J yeah, Junbei <laughs> on LinkedIn. So it's easy for you to find me. J-O-O-N. J-O-O-N and B-E-H. Very cool. Yeah. Jun, thanks for being with us on the Midnight Founders Podcast. So fun to have you here. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. Good luck with everything with the uh, Halo. Appreciate it. Thank you. The Midnight Founders Podcast is a podcast about entrepreneurship that is hosted by CB Vault and Rev Road. 
CB Vault is the entrepreneur arm of Central Bank. And RevRoad is a venture services firm where companies come to grow. Thanks for listening to us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is AJ and Jake signing out.